Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. The book of Revelation, chapter 12. What a powerful touch of the Lord that we feel. Amen, amen. I feel like praising Him. We've come to praise Him tonight, haven't we? Praise the name of the Lord. Revelation chapter 12. Very famous portion of Scripture. In chapter 12, it's talking about a war that's going on. The old serpent, the devil. Everybody say the devil. That old serpent, the devil that has a war going on in the heavens. There's a woman the Bible speaks of that driven into the forest and had a child and she was in travail and the devil's trying to destroy her and to destroy that baby. But verse 11 says, or verse 10, let's move back to verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. Somebody shout now. And the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame. He did everything he could to take her out. And they overcame. Paul said we are more than overcomers. Oh, let there be an amen in the building. Look at your neighbor and say, we overcame. We overcame, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. When you look at this, they didn't have to worry about dying because they knew where they were going. They understood that their future is secure. So the devil can say whatever he wants to about my past, but the blood of the lamb has already taken care of that. Somebody shout, we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. I'd like to preach to you tonight on simply, I have a testimony. How many in this building have a testimony before God? Come on, that he's done wondrous things in your life. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, I know we've been praising him for 30 minutes, but I think we ought to magnify him right now again, for he's done amazing things. He's done exceptional things for us. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Oh, shout hallelujah like you mean it. Praise God for saving me. Oh, come on. I have a testimony. You may be seated. I just feel like praising him. I just feel like worshiping tonight. There's a dance in my feet. I feel the clapping in my hands. I got praise on my lips. I know, amen, where we are. It's Sunday night. I feel a breakthrough. I feel like we have been pressing against the gates of the enemy and the gates of hell are coming down. I feel like prayers we've been praying for a long time are about to come to pass. Amen, the devil's done everything he can 
Amen. But no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, somebody shout glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop the church. When you begin to look, there is a parallel of scripture. There is, there's some statements that are made. When Jesus came through the gates of the city, when he came to the gates, the king of glory came in. And when he came in, the crowd began to say, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. When they started shouting that, when the people started throwing their coats and palm limbs into the, 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 the lane where he was coming to the streets, somebody spoke up and said, tell them to be quiet. And Jesus made this declaration. He said, if they'll, if they'll be quiet, he said, then the stones are gonna cry out. If you don't praise him, he's got something that can praise him. The stones take a level of significance when you realize that he was only 30 miles from Bethabara. Bethabara was a place that was very, very unique in the Jordan River. It's where John the Baptist baptized Jesus. It is a place that wasn't only the baptism of Jesus, but in Matthew chapter three, Jesus made, John the Baptist made this statement. He said, at this place in Bethabara, he said, don't say that you're the children of Abraham, for God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. It was not just any stone in the Jordan River, it was stones that were there perpetually for a witness. They weren't just a stone, it was specific stones. Because where Jesus' ministry transitioned from John the Baptist, I'm so excited I can't hardly contain myself tonight. Amen, it's been a while since I preached at the anchor. No place I'd rather be, I'm gonna tell you right now. No place I'd rather be. I'm gonna tell you right now, the devil's trying to take some of you out because he knows what God's about to do in this city and you don't wanna miss what he's about to do in this city. Something powerful is happening here. Amen, I, I, I feel an 09 revival. I feel in 2009 harvest. But it's gonna be bigger than anything 2009 ever have seen. It's, you, you, this building can't contain what it's gonna do. How many believe that? I feel something. Don't you let the devil put out your fire because right now is when it's needed. And something began to take place. Somebody shout glory. You have to realize that the significance in the Jordan River where John the Baptist said, I must decrease for he must increase. It was at this specific location in the Jordan River where John the Baptist references these stones. If you would study historically, you would find on the map, you would find that when Moses came out and he transitioned his ministry to Joshua, when Joshua came to the Jordan River, God said in Joshua chapter one, he said, be courageous. For as I was with Moses, I'm gonna be with you. What I did for him, I'm gonna do for you. Do you believe that? And when it came down to the Jordan River, they had this Ark of the Testimony. It was first known as the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, we know the Ark of the Covenant. The, the Ark of the Covenant, this box as big as your, as big as your um, uh, coffee table. It, it, was, it was filled with a, a few objects. Most give record that there were three objects, but there's actually four. In there, anybody want, in, in Sunday school class here, anybody know what was in the Ark of the Covenant? What was it? Aaron's rod that budded, right? A rod, not a staff, but a rod. It could, be, it could fit inside of there. That was used to, a, 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 a staff, it was a rod of authority used to 
beat off the enemy. Everybody say Aaron's rod. What else was in there? The law, the Ten Commandments. That's exactly right. Good job. And uh, what else was in there? A golden bowl of manna that when it was put on the earth, worms would eat it by the next day and you had to have a fresh dose. But what was in the ark of the covenant was preserved because anything that's put in the, with covenant becomes preserved before God. It never ages. It stays with you. It's perpetual. It was a reminder of God's provision, God's protection. If you live according to his law or his word, also slid in the Ark of the Covenant in the side, you would find that Moses' song was there. What was, what, it was sort of wordage like this, that if you will live according to my law, you will be my people and I will be your God. But live according to my law. Walk in my ways and my statutes and I will be to you what no one else can be to you. I mean, let's think about it for a minute. When you come to Red Seas, they split. Nobody can do that. You come to Jericho walls, they'll fall. Goliath will stand before you, but they'll fail between ruddy young people. Because if God is for us, then nothing can be against us. I feel like preaching to somebody right now. It might appear like all of hell is having a war against you, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I belong to God. He is my king and he's on my side. How many believe the Lord is for you and you better be for me, amen. That's what it means because God is for me. And so you'll find that there was a song in there and what became known as the Ark of the Covenant later became known as the Ark of the Testimony because the testimony had history. And so in Joshua's word by God to him, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you, that when he comes to the Jordan River that they cannot pass, they didn't have the transportation, the boats, the time to build them to get across. They had to get across to get to the promised land. But when they were there, the Bible says God spoke to him and said, tell the priest to take the Ark of the Testament, the covenant, and go out into the Jordan River. When the priest carried the testimony of God, everybody shout, my testimony. When they took the testimony with them, what they were saying was this, what God did at the Red Sea, he's getting ready to do again. The Bible says that a testimony is, is the prophecy of Jesus Christ. You cannot hold the word testimony and not talk about prophecy. If you have testimony in your hands, the word prophecy has to come out. The word future is in so ingrained in testimony that you cannot separate testimony from the future. Watch, I realize when we say I have a testimony, it's something that God has done in the past, but it was not the purpose for you to have a testimony to be a reflection on what he used to be. The whole purpose of the testimony is what he did for me yesterday, he's getting ready to do again today. You cannot separate it. I'm glad what he did yesterday, but he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that? Oh, pray. Come on, if you got a testimony, you ought to jump to your feet and give him some glory for what he's done yesterday, but he's about to do again. Would you hold that testimony? Would you put it in your hands and say, it's a prophecy. He said, I am Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the ending. Are you ready? Which is? Which was? Here's what I'm preaching about tonight though. And which is to come. <laughs> Can I preach about the testimony, the prophecy of Jesus Christ. Amen, the testimony of Jesus Christ is prophecy, the Bible says. When you look at the word, you'll find because he resurrected, 
I get to resurrect. Because he died and lived again, I can die and live again. Because he took 39 stripes of the I can be healed. Aren't you glad there's a prophecy in the building for you to receive the miraculous power of God? Somebody shout, I have a testimony. You may be seated. They walked into the Jordan River ankle deep. When they get ankle deep in, something happened upstream. The Jordan River stopped flowing and they walked across on dry ground. Doesn't sound familiar. It's a little different than what God did for Moses, but it's in the same principle. They did the same thing. They were able to surpass insurmountable obstacles. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy and that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered victory without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in just hold on our Lord will show up he's going to take you through the fire again I know you're tempted I know it's tough but the miracle is that close to you to bring you out of it to give you another victory do you believe it tonight if you do shout hallelujah And I feel a revival. You may feel down and feel like God has somehow forgotten that you've been faced with circumstances you can't get through. Right now it seems there's no way out and you're going under. But God's proven time and time again, he's gonna take care of you. The old song says, he'll do it again. And I've come to preach to you, God's about to do it again. God's about to, he's about to do it all over again. Come on, somebody shout about what God is about to do again. I feel it. He's going to forgive again. He's going to give a breakthrough again. There will be another harvest. I feel it so strong in my spirit. He's about to do it again. Amen. It's not one and done with him. The testimony is not a past thing that we look back and say, oh, I remember the good old days. Uh-uh. The purpose of the good old days is remember what was good yesterday is gonna become greater tomorrow. It's not just a, it's not a then moment. It's a what's about to be moment. Be seated. I, I gotta preach to you. Can I take my time here tonight? Somebody shout glory. I want to share a verse with you from the book of Psalms. Hallelujah. I want you to feel what I feel in this room right now in my spirit. There is a verse, there is a verse in the book of Psalms. Excuse me for not having it pulled up exactly. I had it and lost it. But the Bible talks, the king of glory. Let me find it here. I haven't done this before. I'm word searching what I'm talking to you. Somebody shout glory. When you get to Psalms 24, he says it like this in one. The earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Do you believe that? For he hath founded, founded it upon the seas, established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Look at your neighbor says, talking about you. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord. Everybody shout again. And righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him. Oh, Jacob, Selah. Let me say it this way. The generation that seeks him 
is going to see the glory of God come up on him. Thank God for prayer rooms. Thank God for, thank God for praying young people. Thank God for praying seniors. Thank God for praying. If you want to see the glory of God, you've got to seek the face of God and not just the hand of God. I don't say it too often, but I feel the presence of angels all over this building. There is a host of angels that are standing behind me tonight that are sitting poised for what God has told you he was gonna do. He's ready to go ahead and do what he's been prophesying to do. He just needs you to believe he's gonna do it. How many believe God's getting ready to do everything he said he's gonna do? Come on, I said God's getting ready to release this prophecy. If you'll believe, it's for now. Everybody shouting, we are the generation. I know there's war times. I know there's battle times. I know there's situations that seem insurmountable. But he said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Amen. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. I come to preach to you. It's time to lift your eyes to the hills. Which come to your help. The Lord's on his way. God's coming to this city. God's going to do marvelous. Come on, stand to your feet and say, I'm gonna seek the Lord every single day for what he's about to do in this city. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout glory. Watch this, you may be seated. He brought them through the Red Sea. He brought them through the Jordan River. They get on the outside of the Jordan River and when they do, they're just rejoicing. They're crossing over. They have watched a miracle take place for their generation. Amen. Somebody shout glory. glory. They watched a miracle take place. After 40 years, God did it again. They coming up, coming up out of the Lord said, hey, Joshua, tell them to stop. Don't come out of that. Don't, don't leave the Jordan River, the dry riverbed yet. Tell them to gather 12 stones out of there and carry it with them and build an altar outside of the river. Build an altar, 12 stones, 12 tribes. It's for everybody. What God's getting ready to do here is for absolutely everybody. You see, and there's some cities where he saved some and healed some, but what God's getting ready to do, he's gonna touch every family situation, every single family in this city. Every family in this church, every, every person, everyone, every single one of you. I wouldn't miss a service if I was you. Every family, every tribe. But Nehemiah, every person, every, every person, every family, what you need, God's about to take care of. There's gonna be unfulfilled prophecies that's gonna be fulfilled. There are gonna be unfulfilled prayer requests that's about to be fulfilled. Because when there's as many angels as are in here right now, they have come to deliver, not just to receive. There's things that they have. You cannot, I want you to lift your hands and let the Lord begin to move in your spirit. Hallelujah! In the name, in the name of the Lord. I receive the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, it's for us. I want you to lift your hand and say, God, I'm asking you to speak to me right now. Man, I feel the spirit of prophecy in here. Lord, in the name of Jesus. We receive your word. We receive that. I wish somebody shout amen. When you hear a prophecy like that, every family is gonna receive what they need, every family. It's for everybody, not just some of you. It's for every single one of you. I have seen moments in this church where God healed every person that was sick in the building, everyone. And I believe God's getting ready to do that again. He's gonna do it in different things. There's, there's prayer requests, there's things 
Come on, if you believe it, rejoice right now. Amen. When you begin, you may be seated. When you begin to look at what happened, don't come out of this situation until you bring something from that situation with you. I think sometimes we're just so glad to get out of it. Sometimes we don't value the miracle of it. Grab a stone and carry out of that river. Take, take, that, take that insurmountable situation that was a miracle and carry it with you. Bring it out of that. What are you getting out of your trial? What did you get out of your miracle? What did you get out of that? You got to take it with you. Somebody shout, take it with you. It wasn't supposed to be left just in the Jordan River. It's part of it. You're going to find this. So they took 12 stones out and outside the river, they built an altar, but they also built an altar, an altar memorial inside the Jordan River. And they left it there. There was a testimony in the river and there was a testimony carried out of the river. We have to be careful that we leave our testimony in 1980. Look what the Lord did. You've got to take it with you. It's not a past. It's always a future. Y'all get that tonight? Let's go drink coffee. We got it. We ain't in here, huh? I think we got it. But listen, there's more. And I feel this. Why are we leaving it in the past for something God did for us and we forget that the testimony was not just for us? You might not ever need healed of cancer again, but somebody in your world is going to need your testimony to get healed of cancer. Come on. I don't want to do like David did and wrap, wrap that sword up that he cut Goliath's head off with and bury it in the house of God somewhere and forget about it. I don't want to bury it in the past because I'm going to need it to get me through some situation tomorrow. He told Timothy, he said, it's not only going to save you, but it's going to save them that hear you. Here's our problem is when we have a testimony that nobody ever hears about. That's a problem in the eyes of God is when you have a story that no one has ever heard and that is not a testimony because you can't separate testimony from future. It's absolutely impossible. If it's something in the past You've, missed, you've left it to be something else, a historical moment, but it's not a testimony. Everybody shout, I have, I have. a testimony. And they built this altar outside the Jordan River and that when they would cross, come here, Parker. <laughs> Who am I? You remember? I'm Papa. I'm going to be Grandpa right now. All right. And we're walking down. Let's walk down. Let's go for a walk. Let's go see if we can see some frogs down by the Jordan River. Because boys like to see frogs, don't they? Let's go see. And walking down, and he says, Papa. Say, Papa. Papa. You got to say it like, Papa. Papa. What are those stones right there? Say it. What are those stones right there? One of those stones there. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? He's good. He's good. Well, listen, grandson. There was a moment that we used to be on that side of the river. We couldn't get across that river. But God used Joshua, just like he did his pastor Moses. And when the Ark of the Covenant, known as the Ark of the Testimony, went there on the shoulders of the priest, the water, see all that water, see all that water, can you see it? Good, he can see it too. Amen. Somebody said imagination has no age, right there's proof. 
It's, it's, it's flowing everywhere. Look at all that water. It dried up. It just stopped flowing. And we were able to go through this situation because God brought us through. And what he did for me, he can do for you. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. There are going to be Jericho walls, but they're coming down. There's going to be Goliaths, but they're coming down. There are going to be lion's dens, but you're going to get through it. There are going to be fiery furnace, but you're going to get through it. There are going to be cancer, but God's going to heal you. They're going to be sick. He's going to bring you through it. That's what he's going to do. That's the purpose of a testimony. Did you ever, come here, I got to tell you something. Y'all be seated. Come on, over, sit over here. Man, they're born with a wiggle in them. How many know it? Did you ever hear? Did you know that I was born with crooked feet? Did you know that? How is that possible? <laughs> Want me to tell you the story? Now look, take your feet and do like this. Turn, point them in. You got to point them in like that. Can you do that? That's how I was born. I wouldn't have walked very well or run very well, would I? I wouldn't. But guess what? My mom took me to church on a Wednesday night. Did you know God can heal people on a Wednesday? And my mom took me to church. And our pastor was named John Hurley. Pastor Hurley, we called him. He took anointing oil and smeared it on my head and said, in Jesus' name be healed. The doctor had already ordered braces for my feet to straighten out my feet. I was already diagnosed by the doctor that I had problems. But when he said in Jesus' name, guess what? Take your feet. That's right. <laughs> he said, <"Joop." laughs> my crooked feet straightened up. And you know what? I was too young to remember, but my parents told me what God did for me. And if God healed me, Parker, God can heal you. Come on, if God gave you babies, they need, they need to hear your story. They need to hear your testimony. They need to know that God didn't die with mom. God didn't die with dad. God didn't die with grandpa. He's alive. And what he did for them. They need to believe Jesus is their God. Somebody shout, I have a testimony. And I'm but Elijah. You want, you want to hang out with me while I preach? All right. Y'all gonna be seated a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Can I have a couple more minutes? And Elijah was the, one of the greatest prophets ever. He had a two-word biography. You know what it was? He prayed. That was it. He did all kinds of things, but a two-word biography, he prayed. God would listen to him. He stopped. Hey, what are you getting into in there? found some money, my goodness. I didn't even know there's money in there. Hey Amen. He's sensitive in the spirit, praise God. He's going to bless missionaries. Hey, come here, listen. Elijah could call fire out of heaven. He could stop it from raining for three and a half years. He could make it rain again. And there came a discouraged moment in his life because Jezebel says she's going to kill him. And it got in his head. He heard what she had said. Stay out of there, boy. Come on over here. I don't know what else in there. We got to clean that thing out. Now he's finding toys. Every kid around is going to want to help me preach from now on, getting money while they're helping me. He's discouraged because sometimes preachers get discouraged especially when they're fighting spirits. And there's the war of the dragon, Revelation 12. And when there's a war going on, and there was, there was a war, Jezebel was trying to kill off 
every prophet, every preacher, every missionary. Watch, not just preachers, prophets. Because if you ever remove the voice of the prophet, there's no future. If you kill the prophet, there's no future. There's no prosper. There's no blessing. You'll have a church that has Bible lessons with no life or faith for tomorrow. Only yesterday. You've got to have a prophet. I'm going to tell you right now. You listen to me. You have to have a prophet to have a future. Don't kill the prophet in your world. And that's what's happening in our culture. Culture is trying to kill the prophet. Because if you get rid of the prophet, the, the next generation has no future. That's why when the devil tells you to stay home, you say, hey, we're not staying home. We're going to go listen to the man of God. Come on. We shouldn't stay home from the house of God for, for frivolous events. And I realize there will be a moment you take a trip somewhere. That's not what I'm talking about. But we cannot let culture take over, take over the word of God being preached to us and our children on the prophecy of the scripture and what God's about to do. Oh no, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church in this hour. And there's life. There's life in the church. Somebody shout Glory. When, when Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you like you did all the prophets of Baal. So he, he was able to shut their mouth. See, there's a war going on. There's an opposition going on. There, there's a war in the heavens. There's a war in the, in the air. Do you, do you know, how many know what I'm talking about? Man, I feel a deep calling of God right now. There's a war against my family. There's a war against preachers. There's a war against preachers' kids. There's a war against the saints, against the saints' kids. There's a war. There's an old dragon that's trying to destroy the church. Remove the church. There is no hope. That's a fact. I mean, know it. And Jezebel came in here a little, there a little, put all of her different uh, bell temples up until people were confused. They didn't even know who God was. And there was somebody by the name of Obadiah that went and hid the prophets in a cave and he gave them bread and he gave them water. He hid them from Jezebel. I've been trying to preach short, but I'm not going to tonight. Hid the prophets of God, 50 in each in a cave and gave them bread and water. And the Lord showed me in Cambridge preaching at uh, where Pastor Milik pastored years ago when I installed him as the pastor. The Lord showed me that when he was hiding them in the cave and sneaking and giving them water in a three and a half year drought when Jezebel was trying to kill everybody out. Guess what? The Lord said, if they'll take care of my prophets, I'm going to take care of the heavens. And he said, you go back and you, you let them know, build an altar, I'm about to send the rain. Could I tell you, you can't support missionaries like we do. That's preserving the prophets. That's preserving the, the future. Come on, I'm telling you when, you, when you bless the ministry, when you bless missionaries and evangelists, you can guarantee the rain is on the way. There is future on the way. You can't pay your tithes and give offerings, get bread and water and not have a blessing. I'm pre come on. This church in the middle of a, of a middle of a pandemic gave more than you've ever given. Our missionaries didn't have to come home. We didn't stop supporting them. You know why? Because we realize God has his own economy and we're gonna do what God's called us to do. The future of the kingdom will advance. Somebody shout amen. Amen. The future of the kingdom will advance. How many want it to advance? This church next year, I've said it twice today, this church next year is gonna celebrate 80 years, not just because of its leadership, but because of the, of the saints, the faithful saints of God. I say we throw a big party, what do you say? And so Jezebel's trying to kill everybody off and he ran, he got discouraged because even great prophets get discouraged. He started talking a little different. He started making statements. He hid and 
Angel visited him. He didn't recognize him. I don't get on all that, but he, he ended up in a cave in a dark place. I've known a lot of preachers that ended up in a dark place. Why? I asked God one time, I said, why did he go from a great revival and the entire nation repented after Mount Carmel, the fire fell, everybody fell on the knees and said, uh, the Lord is the God. The Lord is the God. I said, and then she says, I'm gonna kill you and he runs. I asked God one time, I said, why did Elijah run and hide in a cave and ask, ask you to kill him? He said, because Jezebel wasn't just a queen, she was a witch. She was a witch. So in 2 Kings 10, it says the witchcraft of Jezebel. And he said, the spirit that she fought, that he fought from her is the same spirit my preachers are fighting today. It's just a, it's just a same witch in a new dress. And we are, we are fighting a warfare that's going on to keep future alive. To keep the gospel alive. I'm glad to tell you, we preach the same thing that was preached by Guy Smith when he founded this church. That's something to be thankful for. There's a lot of churches that went wavered. There's a lot of churches that gave up on truth, but aren't you glad the church has held on to the apostolic truth? Aren't you glad about it? There's been some rough times. There's been some battles, but we held on. Now, now hear me. It appeared. The young people ready to preach with me for a few minutes? All of y'all look at me. The devil's doing absolutely everything he can to take you out. Because if he gets you to stop coming here, he gets you to stop going to the house of God, he gets you to stop listening to preaching, he knows there's no future. Dreams die. Passions die. Burdens die. How many know it's true? And uh, anyhow, I got to move on. I got to move on. She's a, she's a witch and, and he's discouraged. He's hiding in a cave. I don't want to live. Just go ahead and take me home. He says, what are you doing in this cave? Get out of that cave. Oh God, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's serving you. Can I tell you that's not true? You have to be careful to think you're the only one because that's what the devil wants you to think is that when you die, it's over. No future. That's what it was saying. That's what the spirit says, no future. And the Lord said, oh, no, 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 no. I've got 7,000 that have never bent their knee to bail and have never kissed. I've got 7,000 that haven't compromised. Don't you think for a minute that the church is in trouble? Don't you think for a minute, this isn't my church. This isn't your church. This is the church of Jesus Christ and it's not in trouble. We're not a defeated foe. We're not weak and we're not weary. We're not on the downhill slide. Things are not collapsing on us. Can I tell you, the church is triumphant and what he did through the Red Sea, the Jordan River, the Jericho Wall, the lion's den, the fiery furnace. I come to tell you, he's going to do it again. No matter what comes against you, you're going to win. It's going to be greater. Let's all stand to our feet and clap our hands and shout, thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. Everybody said testimony. Remain standing. And uh, he said, get up, get your, get your horn of oil. I want you to go anoint three people. I want you to anoint Haziel, Jehu, and Elisha. Here's where Elisha is. He's down here, he's, he's plowing. He's taking care of his father field. I want you to go and I. Elijah only anointed Elisha with a Nehemiah. And then he was taken into the heavens. And what happened was, God had to remind an old prophet that I've always had a future in my people. And the future is in a young man that wants double of your spirit. Now listen to me. He said, Elijah, You've been discouraged by the attack of the enemy. But you listen to me. There are some young people that want this. 
there's some young men that want to be just like you. They love this church as much as you do. They love me as much as you do. Can I say to every elder, every time you see a young lady like Nautica here on the front row, and we're so glad to have her brother with her tonight. Would you welcome him? We're so glad you're here. You walk up and say, I know you love God just as much as I do. Because they do. How many believe they do? You look at all these young people on a Sunday night. They, they didn't have to come all the way from Cambridge. They didn't have to come all here from, from, from Crooksville and different places. They didn't have to come here. A lot of our young people, their parents don't even live for God. But they come because they want to be here. Every amen matters. Every praise and worship service matters. Every, every get behind the young preacher that's preaching matters. We're so glad to have Dylan Woodward with us. He's going to be preaching here very soon. When he gets up to preach, we're going to be behind him. He's 21 years old and powerfully anointed of God. And we're thankful for young men that want to do something for the Lord. Because if I can hand, I, if I can hand my testimony to you, what God does in me, he'll do in you. And when I've passed on, it lives in you to be carried to somebody else. And it continues from generation to generation. And hundreds of years later, watch what happens. From Joshua to Elijah is a long time. And when Elijah's getting ready to be taken up, just before, he said, I got to take you somewhere. And they went to Bethabara. And he takes his mantle off in front of a young preacher that's going everywhere he's going. Watch this, Finn. And he takes his mantle off and he smites the water of the Jordan River. When he does, it parts just like that. And Elijah and Elisha walk across on dry ground. And then the elder is taken, Brother Noe. But something doesn't go with him. He leaves something behind. He knew what it was. It was his testimony. Because testimonies were never meant for yesterday. They're always meant for tomorrow. And God looks out of heaven and the sons of the prophets are looking from the mountain and what's going to happen? What's Elisha going to do? Is anybody going to pick it up? Who's going to pick up that testimony? Who's going to pick up that mantle? Who's going to pick it? It can't just, it didn't fall on Elisha and fell near him. Who's going to pick it up? Can I ask all you young people? Who's going to leave the miraculous power of God laying in a riverbed? laying beside a river moment. You just gonna leave it? I wanna know if there's anybody in here that says, I'm not leaving the testimony idle. I'm not leaving the prophet's mantle there. I'm gonna go get it and I'm gonna use it for the power of God in my generation. Come on, is there anybody that says, I, I wish somebody would run and get that coat. I I wish there was a young man, a young lady somewhere said, I don't, nobody else wants it, I want it. I'm going to go get that. I'm going to go pick that testimony. Come on. Come on. Come on, both of you. There's something about first responders. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, the burden for the loss that you put on me. You would put in them right now in the name of the Lord. Let them be used in the miraculous power of God. He prayed. He said, God, and God listened to him when he talked to him. You know what he did? Elisha picked the mantle up. He went back and he tracked, you study it, he tracked the path of Elijah. 
he went back to that river and he took that mantle off in that same spot. And he smoked, go, go, go hit that river right there. I, I want you to take it and smack it just like I did. Go ahead and smack it. Now do it harder. Right. I mean, you gotta be Pentecostal when you do that. Whoa, when it did, come here, come here, Skyler, same way. I want you to take, you both ran up for this. I want you to take it and just smite when it did. What God did, he said, where is the God of Elijah? And he smote the river. And when he did, it separated. Because what God did for his pastor, he did in that generation. Y'all going to see greater than anything I've ever seen. You're going to do more than anything I've ever done. It's going to be miraculous multiplication. They're going to get the Holy Ghost before you ever lay hands on them. It's just going to happen. In missions field, it's going to happen. Brother Luke, I have a testimony. Brother Up the Grave, I have a testimony. I have a testimony. And if God did it for me, he can do it for anybody in this room. I wish there were some people that were so hungry for what I'm preaching that you'd run to this altar and say, with your hands lifted and say, I'm going to carry the testimony of God. I'm going to carry the power of God. I'm going to be used of God. I'm going to share my story with another. Come on, that's it. Have a testimony of God. Children are going to know his power. My spouse will know the power of God. My city, my neighbors, my friends, my family are going to know the power of God. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.